Okay, say some things. Hello. Adventure. Love. Connection. Risk. Passion. Evolution. Play. Life. The Archetypal Tarot Podcast. Provocative mythology for the 21st century. Aloha, Julianne here, and we are back after an unintended break in May, but we're excited to present this conversation that I had with Sophie Bashford. She's the author of The Goddesses, Gods, and Guardians Oracle Deck that was recently published by Hay House, and it does feature some beautiful illustrations by Hilary Wilson. So we hope you enjoy this conversation about universal archetypal patterns, diverse perspectives, and guidance on working with these energies. Enjoy. So aloha, Sophie. Thank you so much for for coming on today. I know we have, what, almost 12 hours time difference between Hawaii and England. So welcome and thank you. Thank you so much. Um, We're going to be talking about your your brand new, beautiful deck, Goddesses, Gods, and Guardians, Oracle. And I adore these. And your the, the illustrations are fantastic. So I guess my first question, um, I would love for you to actually talk about the nature of this deck. I know that as there are gods, gods, and guardians, there's definitely an archetypal universal quality to them that I found really helpful and um, just tell us a little bit more about that. You do have a beautiful guidebook, and thank you for having many pages of guidance about your cards. I think it was really helpful. So speak to us a little bit more about the um, archetypal qualities of these gods, goddesses, and guardians. Well, thank you for having me on this on this podcast, um, Archetypal Tarot. Um, it's a real pleasure to be here and straddling, yeah, different, you know, vast time zones, but we're able to connect. Yes, I guess this Oracle deck being my first Oracle deck, but having had quite a few years, well, many, many years of working with both Oracle decks and Tarot, actually. Um, Tarot has a really special place in my heart, even though I didn't design this deck as being necessarily archetypal in nature. Um but naturally, I think my way of intuitively connecting with these divine figures, with these deities and spiritual guides has always been quite archetypal, actually. So the, the qualities and the characteristics that they display, um, be that with the divine feminine or the divine masculine or the kind of magical cosmic elemental realms, um, they've often spoken to me through those sort of archetypal themes. And I actually think, even though that word, sometimes that can seem like, oh, I don't know what that is. That sounds complicated. Actually, it's it's not, I mean, it, it can be deep, but it's not that complicated in the sense that, you know, these figures are really a direct reflection of ourselves. And they can really give us a lot of quite clear insight into our, our um, inner selves and the way that we actually interact with the world and also our life path, our soul path. So I, when I was sort of designing this deck and the vision, I guess, for my, for my deck um, was to really show people, show you through using this oracle, how um, the powers and the gifts and the qualities um, and the wisdom of these ancient global figures and deities, teachers, divine teachers, 
um, how they mirror so many of your own, you know, highest qualities, but also some qualities that, you know, you may be working with inside yourself and also the patterns and cycles of your life and, and the stages of life that we that we all go through. So there are tools. So the archetypes, I think, do come through. And I mean, I could go on now and sort of give you some examples. Um, yes, there please. are many examples. Yeah. You know, for example, let's say there's a beautiful goddess called the Avalon Priestess, the Priestess of Avalon. And Avalon is a mystical realm sometimes known as the heart chakra of the world, the main sort of um, apex of Avalonian energies in, in the world is a place called Glastonbury in the UK. And Avalon is a mystical realm, a sort of multi-dimensional realm where there is a very, very strong uh, divine feminine energy. And the Avalon priestess is a guide a spiritual guide from Avalon. Lots of people have sort of, you know, they have kind of spiritual connections with Avalon. Mm. And the Avalon priestess represents the archetype of the mystic, the, the mystic feminine, the inner wise one. Doesn't have to be female, you know, it actually can, it, does, it could be any gender. But the energy is feminine, so intuitive, um, you know, meditative, that kind of inner vision, that sort of inner visionary, but very much connected to the mystic feminine, the psychic feminine. So when you see, I mean, obviously there is a card of the high priestess in the tarot, of course, mm -hmm. there are some, you know, there are some crossovers. Um, so if you were to pull, for example, you know, you're using my deck and you're pulling the Avalon Priestess a lot, obviously you would read the card meaning and say, okay, there are some, some sort of specific guidance for me around what this card could mean for me in my life at this time or how it's giving me a, a sort of answer to a question. But overall, these cards, so many of the figures in these cards represent an archetype that you could be kind of your soul could be ready to really understand more. So it's giving you ways to understand yourself better and to pull in some more kind of, you know, some, some kind of, some bigger perspective about why you are the way you are, you know, it can have give you many clues about that. For example, another figure, King Neptune, who is a guardian, but he's also a god in ancient Greek, Greece because he also Poseidon in ancient mm -hmm. Greek god of the sea but King Neptune he represents the archetype of the empath or you know the gentle masculine sensitive sensitivity so you could see these cards as giving you a message they're obviously giving you a message that can give you an answer in a reading but especially if you draw them repeatedly or you draw a card, you know, you can draw a card specifically sort of, you know, to give you a reflection of your, of the qualities of, you know, your soul, an identity, a kind of spiritual identity that you are kind of really connecting with and actually embodying, you know, your soul is wanting to bring that energy in and work with that energy in this lifetime for a purpose. And so they can they can really be like signposts, like guideposts, almost mentors 
to give you like a reflection of yourself. So if I was to repeatedly draw, as I used to when I first started to work with the tarot, actually, to be honest, I used to draw the high priestess a lot. Mm. If I was to draw the Avalon priestess, you know, I if I was to draw her all the time and not just in relation to a specific sort of question that I was asking, I would then be really reflecting on that and saying, OK, she has really something to teach me that goes beyond just an instant answer to a question or just guidance for a particular issue or circumstance or relationship. So this is how these figures actually start to really bring the archetypes alive, because they're showing you how they live within you. But also, of course, they're also showing you where you might have blocks and resistance and fears to kind of embodying this, this energy in your life. So they are very powerful. And that's kind of how, you know, and I'm sure that's obviously how you're working with the, how we can work with the archetypes on a really sort of healing, in a really healing way in our lives. Um, but the in the deck in goddesses gods and guardians they really the archetypal energies occupy a very special place and it's up to you how much you want to work with that of course if you're using the cards but they can give you a very very direct sort of reflection um because you're literally pulling a card if you keep repeatedly pulling a card and you're like oh you know straight away you might not know why but then after a while when you really sort of connect with the imagery and connect with the you know what I've written about the the figure in the guidebook and maybe you know connect with with this figure intuitively you might even go off and find out more about them if you want to but sometimes the universe brings in synchronicities where you might suddenly find opportunities for that coming up anyway that archetype has something to say to you you know they have something to really unlock within your being within your own consciousness and they have a lot to teach you uh, as well so that's sort of an overarching kind of picture of how they really do sort of actually sing the archetypal energies really sing out in in my deck because yeah they're, they're quite they're really I, I really do detail in the guidebook this is one way that you can really use the cards is actually to really see which character which archetypal characteristics you kind of most often seem to come up in your readings frequently yeah and uh and so that's there's very much a relationship with your what kind of pings with you really quickly because you have your beautiful cards and they have the name um of the god goddess or guardian but there's also a very short phrase um underneath that and i find working with it that that immediacy without even reading the book or even being familiar with that um, character, god or goddess, um, there's just an immediate like, ooh, oh yes, or you know, that that is this hitting a shadow? Is there is there a little shadow up here? And shadow can be good or bad. Um, it could be like, oh, you know, like, ooh, I don't really like that, or it could be like, I've never seen that in myself. So you don't mm. want to you don't necessarily want or feel aligned with owning it but like you said pay attention there's something there for you and I think the illustrations are um, really really lovely and I, I love the use of light and how some of the characters you just see head and shoulders others you see more 
of, and I would love to hear a little bit more about what it was like working with the illustrator, Hillary Wilson. Um, mm. And because obviously, you know, this is a beautiful collaboration, bringing these, bringing these to life. So tell us a little yeah. bit more about working with her. <laughs> bit, I mean, it, ideally it would have been wonderful to have her um, on as well. But um, if you'd love to speak to that, I'm really, really curious to know. Yeah, more. yeah, we we would we did actually do a Facebook live together um around the launch time um on the Hay House um page, so you can actually see that it's still on the Facebook uh, page actually, but um yeah oh I mean Hillary my goodness what an absolute gift I had been you know preparing to create this oracle deck for quite a long time since my uh first book with hay house you're a goddess came out in 2018 and you know the artist is obviously pretty crucial to an oracle mm -hmm. deck um or a tarot deck and there's some incredible artists out there but the energy, it just has to be, a, it just has to be right. It has to translate somehow. And it has to kind of, you know, as soon, basically, as soon as I saw Hillary's work online, I instantly knew that it would translate very, very well to my visions. And so working with her was a dream. I mean, we are thankfully, even though we couldn't meet up physically, we've never met up physically, unfortunately. Hopefully oh my gosh. Time. Um, no we haven't because I mean she's in she's in the state um yeah. I'm in the UK yeah. uh, we also started this project right at the beginning of the pandemic yeah. so yeah so we there was no way for us to meet up then um maybe maybe that the stars will align and we will be able to um but we did obviously have have calls and zoom calls and 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 things but so I guess the we really did connect first off with the art briefs that you that you write as an author of the author of the deck I mean there's a lot of work that goes into the art briefs and I guess you know I'll give you a little behind the scenes thing of, of creating an oracle deck you know or a deck it's like you know it doesn't just you don't just have a sort of casual conversation with your illustrator and just kind of go oh you know it'd be nice if you kind of did it a bit like this um it's not like that at all it's it's very very detailed and each each card is is Obviously, there's a very detailed art brief that that is the the kind of template that that Hillary would work from, and that contains all my research, all the symbolism, every single detail that I want to be in there, um, down to, you know, the, obviously the background and the colours and the clothing and the symbolism and the hair and the eyes and the, but you know, but obviously we're representing a very diverse range of peoples of the world. And so we, we worked incredibly hard on, it's something that Hillary is on the features and skin tone and body shape and hair type and, you know, everything to do with each figure had to be right. And there was a lot of background work that went on behind the scenes to create these the the imagery it felt kind of both very practical there's a lot of actual sort of you know real research based work involved 
but also sort of matching my own psychic visions, my intuitive visions of these figures. Um, and then making sure it translated into a into an actual, you know, what works for an Oracle card um, so that people could really connect with them. But the, the, the key thing about Hillary is that she comes from a medical illustration background. She's medically, mm. she's a medical illustrator. And she also has a personal fascination and interest and need to really explore the rich variation in, in, in humanity, in human form, human features. And so she is so skilled at, at actually, you know, representing anatomy in a way that, you know, many you know it's a real obviously she's you know she's she's a trained medical illustrator so she understands facial anatomy she understands uh physical anatomy and she has also worked very very hard on on sort of really communicating different sort of depths of skin tones and she's just a master at that and so there was a lot of we were able to just really, really utilize those skills. And she she has a passion for that herself. So that's something she really wanted to do. Um, we wanted to represent bodies very um, positively and also with a variation, both men and the male and female figures and the sort of non-binary figures. We wanted to bring as much richness and variation and celebration actually um, of, you know, even though they are deities, we wanted to bring this kind of bridge, the spiritual with the physical. So we wanted people to be able to see themselves reflected in these, these spiritual beings. So working with Hillary was just such a, an incredible opportunity and it just deepened as we went along. Um, we had a lot of conversations about how we wanted certain figures to be. For example, Mother Mary in the deck is um, very different to how you may often see Mother Mary depicted or Mary Magdalene, but more M Mother Mary, actually. I would say that's the most different. And probably um, more accurate. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. That was actually our intention. We we didn't, Hillary didn't either want to depict her as... Um, Scandinavian, which is what she usually was. Scandinavian, like. right. Yeah, exactly. We wanted her to look like she was from Palestine. And she's a palette, you know, so yeah. so so therefore we we did a lot of research on that and Hillary also did her own. So I'm I'm incredibly grateful and and we had we had a common goal actually. GDM, we had a we had a common goal. Mm -hmm. We really came together on this and Hay House also. Um and it was an absolute joy. We we put a lot of work into it. It's it's not you know obviously it's not just something that you casually it doesn't just happen um but we both had a sort of very grounded approach to it we're both earth signs uh zodiac signs um i'm a virgo hillary's a taurus we both have quite an earthy connection even though we both connect you know to the spiritual in different ways um so i i hope that's really come through because i because i think basically you know Hillary had never worked on an oracle deck before, which is astounding to me because she just got it so quickly. Um, but I think, you know, I, I, I've been using oracle decks for, very, for a long time 
And so I kind of, I think I had a fairly clear understanding um, of how, you know, how I wanted people to be able to connect with the cards. When you do an oracle reading, it's maybe even slightly different to tarot. I guess when, I don't know whether you agree with this, when you, when you kind of do a tarot reading, you might be used to kind of just be wanting, sitting there to really interpret the meanings for longer. Often when you do a, often when you do a, an oracle card reading, a lot of people don't read a lot around the subject. They don't spend ages reading books um, to learn, you know, whereas with tarot, you do tend to do more kind of research and study sometimes. Um, whereas with Oracle decks, you do often need it to be quite instant. You need you need to receive a message instantly. Yes, of course, there's times when you go into much deeper exploration, but sometimes you want it to just kind of hit you square in the in between the eyes, you know, in the third eye or in the heart. You just want your heart to be opened in that moment. You want to get a clear message, you know, and the illustrations, I think. I mean, I'm just looking at the Avalon Priestess, as I mentioned her at the beginning, I'm looking at her right now. And um, I mean, I think, you know, there's a lot of her archetypal energy that just kind of radiates from the artwork, um, the stillness, the inner contemplation, the inner retreat, the inner vision, um, that psychic awareness, the connection to the metaphysical realms you know that inner mystic the mystic feminine it's all there and you can feel that you can feel that from just looking at the card I think and then of course you know like you said there is the subtitle intuitive awakening which is the card meaning yeah and with this one in particular I feel like it doesn't feel like she's looking directly at me and in a way that is it almost feels like she's looking down um, so I connect with it, but it's almost like a reminder that like this will, it will be direct in its indirectness. And that's a lot of what the, the, the priestess is your own intuition connecting to that world. Not, I mean, you, there's an awakening piece of it that only you can do. There's <clears throat> her reaching out, but it's, it's, it's beautifully indirect and purposefully. That's what it feels like to me anyway, looking at the mm. card where it doesn't, like her eyes are open, <clears throat> but she's not connecting in the, um, she's connecting in a different way. There's different things happening. It's, it's maybe not what we expect in the world when I look at this card. Also, I don't have a ton of light on in my apartment right now, so it might be that, but as I look at it, it really feels like she's connecting out on a different level versus a direct eye to eye contact and, and and that to me is a good thing it's a good reminder that we don't get things the way that we expect them to be served up all of the time it's a multivalent you know process that happens um with guidance and, I, and athena as well athena's eyes are looking she's looking straight at you um it's the second card that was just underneath mm -hmm. um but the the illustrations are beautiful and I do appreciate that the immediacy of each one and how you can connect to them um, and the, the diversity of skin and body and representation is really, really just lovely. Um, and you can, you know, get your own immediate connection to it. And uh, I, I do like that. That's something that's very refreshing 
you know, the, the tarot has been written about, and I'm sure with a lot of these gods and goddesses as well, but this is very immediate. Um, and I have, a, I have a question about, so obviously I live in Hawaii and you have two of the Hawaiian deities here. What was your approach with connecting to and writing about the um, indigenous, I mean, they're all technically indigenous, but those particular ones that maybe, you know, you're not present in Hawaii with what was your approach to working with those? Hmm. That's a great question. It's a very important question for these times. Obviously, we're all so aware of respecting um, indigenous culture and, you know, not appropriating these incredibly ancient and, uh, you know, you know, sacred practices. Um, so in particular, Hawaii, yeah, I, I had worked with Pele myself. I hadn't worked ever with Kane, the god um, that I that's in the deck. Um, I had worked with Pele in just you know various forms uh, myself. Um, and I'd experienced her energy. Um, and I guess I, you know, obviously research, obviously a lot of research. We did also speak to um, elders and also, you know, indigenous teachers of most of the, um, the figures from different, you know, different indigenous uh, cultures um, to, you know, make sure that everything was, was you know, appropriate. Um, there were a lot of things we actually left out. Like there were a lot of figures, particularly with the American Indian figures, we didn't, dis we, I, I consciously, and there's also a Maori, a Maori goddess that I was going to include um, that I didn't because I felt we sort of agreed they were just, you know, two, you know, in incredibly sacred and sort of pillars of those communities. And it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be really respectful to have them in, in the Oracle deck. Um, so, so there's often, it's almost like what you leave out as otherwise what you, what you put in, if you see what I mean. So we actually mm. chose to consciously leave, leave a lot of those out. Um, so, you know, I did a lot, I mean, I did personally a lot of research myself um with the Kane figure the Hawaiian god Kane I actually listened to this amazing um online um it's like a portal online teaching portal actually made by a Hawaiian teacher and he's an educator and he was you know giving so much rich information speaking to a lot of indigenous uh, teachers in Hawaii giving loads and loads of information about about the gods and goddesses and about their practices and so I learned you know I, I just really felt like I kind of tuned into that through that and I kind of did my best to get the information from the sources from mm. as, as best as I could um, so that's kind of you know we did try very much to go to the source as best we could um, and then leaving out very much leaving out the what what wouldn't be um what we didn't feel was was right to include and I, in my experience they kind of let you know like the that the deities will let you know whether they want to be included or not so that there's a yeah, yeah they kind of they'll they'll come and 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 uh show up for you in a way that will let you know whether they want to be a part of this 
so that's fascinating and that's that's really I got that I mean I think the research yeah sorry sorry I didn't mean to interrupt oh no no thing when I first when the deck first arrived um my friend was over with her mom um, and they are, they're Hawaiian and she was sitting, I had them on the coffee table and I hadn't really opened them. The plastic was off, but uh, we were all kind of doing things in the house and the, her mom, um, who's, who's a kapuna, she's elder, she uh, just immediately gravitated to the deck. And I said, oh yeah, go ahead, you know, absolutely. She could go ahead and open that up. And she was really, really fascinated. And she pulled out Hane and she pulled out Pele and she's like, oh, this is really interesting in there. And so she was, you know, very, uh, I gathered, uh, pleased to see a representation mm. of, of these amongst all of these. And she spent quite a lot of time looking at each of the pictures. And mm. I just asked her, I go, do you, are you interested? In, and I go, I'll, I'll be speaking to the woman who created these. And she just was like, oh, this is really interesting. She'd never seen anything quite like this before. Um, but it was, and then I read the book, it was like, whoever handles your deck, <laughs> you know, but, you know, clearing it and all of that. And I was just like, oh, I was so, I was just really pleased that she had such an interest. And I said, do you want a copy of the deck? And she's like, no, 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 no. she doesn't have time. But um, I just thought it was really, really sweet. And uh, she's it since mentioned, she's like, have you, have you talked to that person yet? And I was like, I will be soon. I will be soon. So, um, I mean, yeah. Yeah. it's, yeah, I mean, with the Hawaiian, it's interesting, actually, because um, I had a connection with Hawaii a few years ago um, with a woman, a beautiful teacher, divine feminine teacher um, there, and she put up one of my poems as a, there, as a, as a beautiful video, kind of, it's online, actually, um, it's called 13 Temples, their, their community, their, 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 Sort of divine feminine community uh retreat community and and they they put one of my poems to to sound and video made a video and they all the, the women in this community in hawaii hawaii all took a part of my poem and as a kind of invocation and they read out certain you know stanzas certain parts of it um and it's just one of the most moving things i think i've ever seen that they did that for me and i and um so I sort of, yeah, was sort of this, this connection with Hawaii had been coming in actually for, for quite a few years. I mean, it's a bit of another topic, I'll go, go off topic a little bit, but for me personally, the connection with Hawaii had been coming in um, for, for a few years. And um, so with, with Pele and Kane, when they were in there, it felt very, um, yes, it, it did feel very sure that they kind of wanted to be in there. And Kane just has this, I mean, he just lit me up. I mean, finding out about him discovering I mean he he came in you know it just it was like I need to be in this deck and I was like oh, okay well I, I need to find out I need to make sure it's okay for you to be represented in the deck that I'm not going to kind of be you know if, you know it's not going to be um offensive in any way and it's just just going to be really you know you want to be in this deck and I want to find out as much about you as I can so I kind of yeah I found out so much about him from from um these educators and just learning he just came to life for me in a way that I could feel his life I mean his life force energy is 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 his his theme and his gift and how he was kind of bringing this topic of health and vitality and of course he he's he's so he's connected to the water element you know of, of Hawaiian islands and 
how water is obviously the sort of mainstay of life and a sacred, absolute sacred element. Um, and it was about nourishment, you know, it was about giving thanks for, for the earth, giving thanks for food, giving thanks to every part of the earth that nourishes us. And so take, you know, the, the meaning of that card is life force energy. So it is a bit of a gentle nudge around, you know, are you eating and drinking in a way that supports your highest purpose? Are you really respecting the food that you have? Are you, it's not about telling you off or lecturing you. It's not kind of coming from that angle of like, you know, making yourself feel bad about the way what you're eating or what you're, what you're not eating, but it's about going, you know, really taking, I took that those lessons from Carne and from the educators that I that I really listened to it, it went it resonated with me so deeply and it was so joyful and seeing everything as so having such a vibration and a life force energy that we must respect it and we must respect what we put into our body and we can't expect you know we're so interconnected of course with with nature um, and it's sustaining us and you know that spiritual connection you know with what we take into our body and how we the you know the interrelationship between us and the land of course you know that's at the heart of most you know ancient civilizations and indigenous communities as well but that message it just came through carne so joyfully you know and i think you can see that from the artwork as well when we worked on on representing him and his body and the way his the way his his eyes are just sparkling and shining and that's that's the energy that I got when I researched him um he just came to life with bursting vitality not about you know not about sort of treating yourself harshly and, and restricting your diet or you know um treating your body in in that kind of harsh way it was very much the opposite about recognizing that you are, you know, an extension of nature, an extension of, of the source. And, and, you know, we must also respect, you know, what the earth gives us. And that, in, that actually brings us wellness and vitality in, in an incredibly joyful way. And I think I just fell in love with him. I mean, I just absolutely fell in love with him um he he gave me so much life force energy and I get that when I just tune into the card and I get that when I tune into him I just was incredibly grateful to be able to um to include him that yeah and I get that from the illustration as well and I really really I appreciate you know, the um the respect and the time that you've given um in researching these and connecting and including and not including um I myself being someone who's not originally, I'm not Hawaiian, I'm not originally from here, although my family's been here a really long time, there I do get, and I'm a, a wedding officiant, so um, I've been connected to and gifted uh, practices and chants and things like that, that I, I approach it so humbly and with so much gratitude that anything has been shared with me, but it, it, put, it puts me in a position where I I'm so much more aware of what uh, appropriation and connection to the culture that I feel like it's kind of for people who are in the, for lack of a more appropriate term, new age, spiritual to, that's like the next level I think that um, is awakening right now for people to be aware that 
you know, when you come to Hawaii, when you come to the islands, you might be drawn for healing, but please understand the original caretakers of the island are still here and that there is a no, like a level of understanding that they have that, that we do not. Um, it's, it's tricky because I think people are genuinely called, um, but I think if it comes with humility, that's kind of the first step where as somebody who's not indigenous, we might not understand and recognize and say, might not understand. Um, and so that to me is like the next growth step for people coming here. And it was it's true with all indigenous cultures and also recognizing where we all, everybody came up out of the mud. <laughs> everybody came from an earth-based, you know, whether it's thousands of years back or not, that, that we are indigenous. So don't feel, I think there's a feeling that people want to kind of embody or take something that's like, no, we come from that. You have people, all of our ancestors um, all evolved from, from the earth and had indigenous practices. Some of those unfortunately are completely lost to us, um, but others, you know, we can connect to. So I think it's all of our birthrights and actually one of my teachers here, he said almost exactly the same thing. It's like, we all came, you know, we're all indigenous. And it's just, the, I mean, I think, yeah, I totally agree that in the sense that it's the respect and I, I, mm -hmm. I you know, I'm not, I'm not sort of saying I need an award for being respectful. I mean, it's no, I need to be respectful, but <laughs> the fact is, is that, you know, it's, it's a sense, I know what you're saying, that, it, you know, it, it can get lost, that, that respect, excuse me, that respect, and um, it needs to be there full, full and front, and that was, you know, absolutely our guiding intention in the creation of this deck in, you know, in a very, very sort of, it, it permeated through everything, everything we did, so, um, but you know, there's just I learned. I mean, I I learned so much from from doing the deck as well. And I still, I mean, the thing is, is that I think with, you know, yes, I'm the author of it, but also my experience of tarot and of archetypes and of oracles is that you you always need to come to it humbly because there's always something new for you to learn. So I mean, every time I come to my own deck, every time I go to any other deck, or even a figure that I think I know really really well that I've worked with for years. Um, I sort of I always come back to the beginning I always kind of empty myself out in a sense or ask to be emptied out almost of everything I know before I come to a reading and because you you then allow yourself to actually receive maybe a deeper insight or something that you really didn't expect or the figure actually reveals a different aspect of themselves to you when when the time is right not when you decide but when they decide that you're ready to receive something else, a different nuance, you know, because these figures are, yes, this is an Oracle deck. There's a limit to how much I can write in, in the booklet, of course. But I mean, they are, just as we're talking about indigenous deities, but, you know, they are all ancient, you know, mm -hmm. they are, and they're also infinite. Mm -hmm. They're infinite. The knowledge, the guidance, the the wisdom the, that we, when we actually open ourselves to being guided by these archetypal forces of our universe yeah this is a lifelong process this is an incredibly humbling process it's also one that can you know it can lead you into places that you never never really knew existed it's an incredible 
journey actually and so I think just coming with beginner's mind that sort of thing of beginner's mind all the time and and yes you know there are people that have been working with this for a long time and then maybe people that hadn't been think that they're complete novices but actually it's it's great to sort of come at it with a kind of the attitude of a novice because that makes you number one humble doesn't it start with makes mm. you respectful but it makes you kind of you know really open really teachable really really open to learning even when you think you've learned already so much and they've there's always something else that they can show you so um yeah I think that's kind of the respect aspect is that yes I mean I have yeah profound I still have it might be an oracle deck that I've created, but my respect for these figures is um, is kind of boundless. Mm. It's uh, I, I feel like it's a process of awakening and to to feel like maybe when you've gotten to a certain point, oh, I'm awake because it's so fresh and so new. But to also include that there will be further further awakening, you know, the further you know, like oh, here's something to look at and. Um, these the oracles can can guide us to that but uh, approaching it like you said with beginner's mind you know that will that is preparing you you know you can't if you show up like oh I think I know everything give me give me something dear gods you know that mm -hmm. that I mean there's many stories filled with with uh, that situation and um, we we get humbled again and humbled just means you're open to learning there's an association of, of innocence, um, which I just heard a poet say innocence was the ability to be found by the world, which I think is a gorgeous interpretation of, of the idea of, of innocence. And when you're seeking guidance, you kind of that's a place of receptivity. You can be found. Um, and I really, I get that sense in working with these with these cards and these beautiful images. And yeah, they are very, very powerful. And I, I, I've seen many, many different decks and this is the first of this kind of kind to be like this. So I really think it's a gift to the world. And uh, thank you so much for that. Um, and for Hillary as well. I know this is really a partnership bringing these in. So thank you. <laughs> You're very, very welcome. Well, it's yeah. certainly, uh, yeah, there was a lot, a lot of preparation for it too, but you know, both, um, yeah, in the actual process of creating the deck, but also before it even came into being, it, it really was in being, I think, sort of, you know, in, in my energy field, it was kind of in being for, for a long time before it actually came into physical form, but there's, there's always a, a perfect time, isn't there? Yes, it's time to be in the world, and yeah, we need a lot of, there's a lot of need right now for us for guidance. Yeah, uh, absolutely. waters, but I really appreciate you taking the time, and I know it's getting into evening for you, and I appreciate it. And Cindera, my co-host, sends her best. She unfortunately was busy this morning; uh, she was commuting and would be in traffic, so it wouldn't be uh, wouldn't have been good appropriate time for her. Distracting but she gives her her best to you. And thank you so much. And reach out to us ever if you have anything else that you'd like to, to share. And we give great thanks to the folks at Hay House too. They've been so generous connecting us with some really wonderful people and teachers right now. Oh, thank you so much, Julian. That was really, really a pleasure to come on and speak, speak absolutely. to your audience. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. 
Thank you for listening. Find out more about Sophie on her website, sophiebashford.com. Follow her on Instagram at the Sophie Bashford. And as always, big, big, big thanks to our wonderful, amazing, and very patient patrons, Peter, Janet, Richard, Doro, Juniper, and Rash of Staywell's Tarot. We appreciate our patrons and their support. You can find out more about our fabulous benefits of our patron program, tiny.cc slash tarotpodcast. And this episode is sponsored by Free Range Priestess on Etsy, where you will find unconventional rosaries, quirky prayer beads, sacred jewelry, and more. Just search for Free Range Priestess on Etsy. And are you a fan of the podcast? We hope so. Please rate and review us on whatever app you use to listen. Connect with us on Instagram and Facebook at Tarot Podcast. And our email is tarotpodcast at gmail.com. This podcast was produced by Both Band Media, and our theme music is by The Lunar Group. Until next time, aloha. Thank you.